Have you ever wondered whether the problems in the world today would exist if we had deeper connection to ourselves, others, and the environment, and acted from that place? Welcome to the Conscious Action Podcast with your hosts, Brian Burnerman and Kayla Grimble, who believe that connection is the key to taking conscious action as individuals and creating a better world. We are here to raise awareness and inspire meaningful action by sharing stories, knowledge, and conversations with thought leaders and change makers. From sustainability to well-being and everything related to conscious living, our mission is to empower you to be the change that you want to see in the world. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Conscious Action Podcast. I am Brian Berneman, your host. And for this episode, I have the pleasure to be joined by Flo Florian, or however you want to be called Flo. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for being here with us at this uh, podcast all the way down in Switzerland uh, in the mountains. Yes. You were just showing me around a little bit, such a beautiful setting there. But for everyone that is still listening, please introduce yourself. Who is Flo? Well, um, I'm, basically, I'm basically just myself. <laughs> um, I like to see myself as an as an adventurous guy um you know i had i used to have big dreams when growing up in rural germany and um then I, well i couldn't wait to be old enough to to go out to the world um and uh and i used to live in the u.s and this is where um i i, I changed to flow because my german name is florian hornig And this didn't work out. And the best way was somehow going into the direction of horny something. And I said, no, 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 it's flow. <laughs> That's the easiest way. And, um, well, then I got stuck up a bit, uh, a bit in, uh, in being busy working and forgetting about my dreams. And at one point I discovered, well, my, my true self again. And this is what led me, well, through large parts of Africa and, now corona-based in Switzerland, in the mountains. Um, and um, this is where I'm doing now most of my coachings online or in online groups and mastermind groups. And um, well, I'm uh, today I'm enjoying the scenery and waiting for travel to be possible again. Mm, beautiful. And for the ones that that no I think it would be really awesome to to share a little bit of your journey as we talked the other time about about it and I think that it's really inspiring because as you were just saying you got into that business of life but then started to yeah. to follow your your dreams and follow a different path. Would you be able to to share what what was that journey for you? Well I think These were like two journeys somehow intersecting or maybe, maybe like this or like this. There was a meeting point. Looking back at my youth and my childhood, my mind was full of dreams. And when I, and, and I read about this in all these adventurous books and, um, I thought about, well, one day I'll be out there and have a, a cool job. I'll be a doctor in Serengeti or a mountain climber or I have, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something in, 
in the Great Plains or in the Rocky Mountains or traveling Australia, something like this. Mm. And then I learned to fit in. My parents, my environment, my school, everybody told me, you have so something you have to play by the rules. And well, I like rules if I agreed to them. <laughs> I don't like rules if somebody just put them there and nobody can explain to me why these rules exist. And during all of my um, school years, I could pretend that once I grown up, I will break out and I will do my own things. Um, but now I have to go to school somehow. But then at the end of school, all of a sudden, I had to take an own decision. And all of a sudden, I was too afraid. I, 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 I didn't do what I, what I dreamt of. Because, well, now you're grown up, right? Now you have to get a job. Now you have to make money. Now you have to get a degree. Now you have to study. And it took me, it took me a while through Cologne and Bonn that I moved to, to Berlin. And then in, in, in Berlin, I got a, I got a suited job. I, I earned money. I, I, I married a pretty woman. I had my, my, my penthouse, so to say, in, uh, in Berlin, Prenzlauer Berg which was quite hip at that uh, moment. I moved there in 2004. Um, and uh, well, it was full renovated, I had a, I had a terrace. I could, I had a view over Berlin. I had a sauna in my bathroom, all of that. I was basically going to bed with Matai and I was a headhunter <laughs> in the international finance industry. I started there as a researcher and my, my former boss, she recognized immediately that I'm quite good with words. And so she took me to the clients and the clients liked me when I was, well, I had, I had, I had, I had no beard. I had long, uh, I had, uh, <laughs> I had normal hair um, and I had glasses and I was wearing my, my tailored suit. And well, the, she was a, she was a lady 10 years older than me. So we were a very good couple and we made, we made some good money. And I was, I was sitting on the plane two or three days the week. I was going to Frankfurt a lot. I was, well, the skyscrapers, banks, everything. And I thought um, about well, making make, making big money, um, scaling businesses. Um, and all these people, these were, because they were all in the banking industry, they were all financing these big um, real estate deals, company deals in, in, in Europe. And well, if you paid clear attention, I said, I moved to Berlin in 2004. And then I went into the headhunting banking industry, financing real estate. Mm -hmm. Something happened, 2008 Lehman Brothers. It took the whole market down. And by that time, a lot of people called me that I placed before. And they said, Flo, you have been such a great listener. You gave such good advice. Could you help me? And all of a sudden I realized what I'm more, most interested in is 
helping people, not helping businesses. I wanted to do the coaching. I wanted to build real and lasting relationships with the people. And I thought I don't have the skill set for that yet. And then I, there were some uh, struggleful years because I wanted to build up that segment for our company. Because so far we were only addressing the companies placing people. And I thought, yeah, that's perfect if you're in an up market. But what happens if you're in a down market? And then we could talk to the high professionals that, or to the professionals that we, that we placed before. Maybe they can pay us money so that we can help them through a transition period. And my idea was focusing more on what do you really want? Who do you want to be? Who do you want to become? Um, and I realized that, and now that's quite interesting for our show. They were acting with their conscious mind and they left out their unconscious mind. Mm. And all of a sudden I had these, these family fathers being in their fifties, not seeing their kids at all. They had the big house. They had the big garden. All of a sudden I realized they are scared to death. They made millions before, but they reinvested them into multi-millions. And so they had a really big credit line. And all of a sudden, they were, I realized, well, they had a lot of money, but they were not rich. They were rich in credit because they took, took on more credit than they had, than the, than they had money. And all of a sudden, they were lacking all these human connections. And this is when I started to, um, well, do the first trainings as a coach because I said, I want to become a people's person. I want to become a coach. And then that, that, that shifted and I realized I'm absolutely unhappy in Berlin. I'm a, I'm a brain person myself and I forgot my heart somewhere on the road. Mm. I did not get along with my wife anymore. I did not see my apartment mm. because I was always out working. If I was at home, I was fighting with my wife and we got in a, we got in a big trouble and there were, well, things that stay private. <laughs> um, but I came to the realization. Are we allowed to swear? <laughs> yeah. So, well, I fucked up my life. Mm. I didn't do what I liked. I had my I had my suitcases fulfilled with uh, uh, tailored tailored suits, and I had twenty 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 five. I don't know how many how many ties. I felt unhealthy. I felt unfit. I felt like I I lost my dreams. I hadn't been on vacation forever. I wanted to be out in the nature and in the dirt. I had the idea that nobody's understanding my feelings. And the more I did it coaching, the more I understood, well, I tried to be rational. And this is what I learned in school and from my environment. You have to take rational decisions. What makes sense? And rational means you can write it down in an Excel sheet. Pro, con, pro, con, pro, con. What do you want to do? And sometimes the list is clear and you say, okay, well, maybe I have to do that. And I did. A, I took a lot of these decisions. Mm. And in the end, I just 
I just wanted to get through with it. I wanted to become successful, rich and famous mm. so that I can leave all of that behind and finally start doing what I really wanted to do. Mm. And then I remember one morning, um, by then I was working for the oldest business school in the world, ESCP Europe. And I did the career search, uh, career advice for the students and the former students. So I was working for the alumni association. Um, and um, I found out what well, these are the best trained people in the world. And they are, well, they have the blue chip ticket in their pocket. And they are all making more money than I probably ever will. And I didn't find a single person with uh, like a glowing heart. So I, well, they were just all performing and hoping for a life when they retire. Mm. And I was sitting in that cafe in, uh, in Berlin Friedrichshain in the sunshine because I, I had the habit to go to work later and later and later and sit, just sit there work in the sunshine because I, I transferred everything for remote because I was working a lot with the Paris-based alumni association. I was in Berlin. And most of the alumni were working somewhere in, well, Germany or maybe abroad. That means I was on the phone or internet-based anyway. And I said, okay, I don't have to go in the dark office and stay here in the, in the um, well, in the cafe. Can order coffee just like this. It's people showing by sunshine, some trees in front. I really like this. And then I thought, okay, well, imagine that was your life. And then I thought, well, why, why not? And then it was the most scary question that I asked to myself is, imagine somebody would keep paying me the money. And all I need to do is prove to them once a month that I'm satisfied. Mm. What would it be? All of a sudden, I realized, only travel? Well, there are places I want to see, but do this for the rest of my life. The rest of the life means until you're dead. No, no, no. I, somehow, I want more. And I couldn't figure out what. Mm. Well, and then I... Well, I I quit, I, I quit the job. I got divorced. I don't have the apartment anymore. And then I went into a mobile home, um, uh, traveling for, for eight months straight with, uh, with my new girlfriend. And then we stayed in Switzerland and then we uh, went to Zanzibar for a year. And then, well, that other transformation started. And I think the one was putting my secret desires further away. And the new route was bringing them into my conscious mind and becoming aware of who I am, becoming aware of who I want to be, and then finding out how to get there. Mm. Right now, I'm not perfect <laughs> by far. Mm. Um, and, um, the, well, the worst thing you can do is compare yourself to well, somebody who's already there. So if I do that today, I can still find a lot of reasons to be, well, unhappy or not satisfied uh, 
because there's lots of room for improvement. Mm. But one thing that really helps is there's one person that you can compare yourself to, that's yourself yesterday. Mm. And if I compare myself to me 10 years ago, I'm a different person. Mm -hmm. And I think that was by unveiling the unconscious. Mm. Yeah. There's so much flow that. Well, now I talked forever. <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I think, you know, there's so many different things that you mentioned that I believe that are super relevant for the majority of people in the Western world. There's mm -hmm. the, you know, that cultural fitting in and what success means in terms of, as you were just saying, you know, work, money, um, the suit, the penthouse, and, and, that fixating on just that and as you said for the majority of people that i know that from the outside yeah. looking towards them it seems that you know they are successful but most people are not happy and, and there's as you said there's that disconnect between what most of us are wanting to do on a daily basis, how we want to live our lives versus <clears throat> how we are actually living them. And this is one of the things that I, that I teach and I, and I try to share as much as possible with my clients is why waiting until we cannot actually do the things that we want to be doing. Yeah. Like if I want to be, as you were saying, working from a cafe, if I want to be out in the sun, if I want to be out in nature, What is in the way from doing that? And it doesn't mean that it's easy to do that, but yeah, probably it's not. <laughs> of, yeah, but just you know, being able to to think: Do I need to be every single day working in an office, making money just to be able to pay for the things that I'm buying because I have more money, or can I? Or I need it because I'm away all day and yes. I'm and I'm in that office office all day there's Or can one I slow um, down and go to the simplicity yeah. simplicity you said well it may be it it may be not easy to go that route if you step back and look from the outside the life that most of us choose and the life that i chose before in fact wasn't easy i was just used to that Mm -hmm. because we we are used from school that the day starts at a certain day that you you go to some kind of institution you sit yourself on a chair you stay there then you have the lunch time or and then you go home and then you do this and you do that but it was wearing me out it wasn't easy i just created these habits and micro habits that i that i was doing the things i was doing without thinking about it And what became so difficult for me is when I'm staying at home. Mm. So right now I'm, I'm at home. I'm looking on a huge mountain front in, in, in front of me. Um, but well, I have to set everything up here so that you have my, 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 my green screen so that you don't see that I'm sitting in my, uh, in my sleeping room, <laughs> which is just the, the most sunny room in the day in, in in the house so i like to stay here but all of a sudden you have to make this conscious choice like what will i do first what do i want to work on how do i want to work and that is 
for most of us, it's it, well, it's it's taking free resource from our brain because we have to take an active decision, and it's not based on on, on the habits. Mm. So, for me, it would be actually difficult to follow a certain routine. Mm. I can me personally, I can only do that if I numb myself. Mm. If I just do that without thinking about it, well, you just have to do that. Come on, shut up, listen to a podcast and get in the car and drive there mm. and look for the watch when it's over. But that's not, if you look at it from the outside, that's not, that's not easy. Mm. No. And, and I think, you know, as you were saying, there's, uh, you used the word fear at one point, And I think that is such a relevant one because what we're used to, it's easier, even as you're saying, even if it's actually really challenging, it's easier that for the majority of people to stay with the known than to go to the unknown because of that fear. And we are, we have been conditioned to think a lot of times that, you know, going in an alternative path, it's actually uh, most likely not going to be something that will allow us to live life how we want to and that it's not that secure or stuff like that. Whereas as you are mentioning, even the mainstream one <laughs> has the same challenges. But when we are run by fear, it's hard to allow us to actually even entertain the idea of following what we are actually yearning from inside, what our hearts want us to do. And not just yeah. our heads. Yeah, I think that that we as 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 human animals, that what we are. I mean, in the in the end, we are just. I mean, it's a functioning body, um, and uh, it has the same principles in common with a mouse. Mm. But then we have that 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 conscious brain. So if I if I if I look at my dog <laughs> lying next to me. Hopefully sleeping for the whole episode. <coughs> I don't think that he is worrying now if I feed him tomorrow. Mm. He's just worrying about the food when he's hungry and then he's looking for some food and then he's happy about it immediately after. I don't think that he's overcomplicating his, mm. his life. So somehow this conscious brain is setting us apart from most other living animals because they are just now mm. and this, which is a, a for me a very hard to understand concept i mean we are always living now but my thoughts my, my thoughts are always about something that already happened or with something that didn't happen yet Mm. My thoughts are most of the time not in like, oh, now I'm reaching out for my coffee mug and now I'm drinking it or oh, I enjoy it so much. Most of the time I'm thinking about something else mm. and that being in the present moment because it's, it's, it's always no, now. A friend of mine uh, keeps saying, well, yesterday is a history. Tomorrow is a mystery. All we have is now. Mm-hmm. And now is always. And for me, that's so difficult mm. because I overcomplicate things and I worry about something that, or, or no, I, I, I grieve because of something that already happened and I worry about something that didn't happen yet instead of just enjoying that I'm mm. a, a, alive at the moment. 
Yeah, that's something actually, as you're saying, one of the the best gifts that I've been given this life has been the opportunity to to learn the tools that enable me to get back into the present and being present in the present because that allowed me to shift from stressing out all of the time about, as you were saying, what happened before, what I think that will happen, all of the hypothetical scenarios of the things that I wish I would have I would have done or the things that I didn't do or if I turned right or if I said that or if I said the other thing. And once I was able to get back to the present moment, that disappears. And yes, my mind is still playing tricks on me, still going there and saying like, hey, Brian, here, <laughs> but staying with the present moment is one of the most important things and one of the things that I'm deeply grateful that I've been able to, to have an understanding of how to get to that place. Yeah. Like, hi, hi, hello, Brian. Do you have enough money in your pension fund? Mm-hmm. Did you save enough money for tomorrow? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, one of my, one time with one of my uh, teachers, we were talking about some of these things, you know, it's as a human living in this modern world, how do we balance that living in the present with planning ahead? Because, and this comes a little bit from the my training in Buddhism, is that I don't know when I'm going to die. So I might die, you know, like mm. now, tomorrow, or yeah, <laughs> whenever. So it's, the teachings of that are so important because it gives me an understanding of how precious my life is and how do I want to live my life if I have that reminder that everything is impermanent and can be gone in a moment but at the same time in this modern world what happens if I don't die tonight I need to pay rent tomorrow I need to have the money for the food or something that doesn't require money but it's another way of exchanging growing your own food however that looks but we need some kind of forward thinking and my teacher once he said something that has always stuck with me and he said be present but don't be stupid mm-hmm. well i was something that came to my mind right now was um um plan like you live forever live like you like you die today mm. that you basically you don't need to need, need to, to worry there's Two, two, two other th- sayings that came to my mind while while you were talking. One is that that issue about having enough, mm. um, and what happens if all of a sudden in our life and in our society and in our economy, life would not be about having more, mm. but having enough. Mm. And one question that really stuck with me is or or one saying is you can never have enough of what you don't need in the first place mm. and if you have all that excess stuff well when is if you don't need it 
how can you have enough of that? So what I tried to do is I, I tried to give everything I own a purpose. First of all, I tried to get rid of everything I could. <coughs> but I, I played a couple of mental games with myself. And um, um, one was that for every new item that I bring into my life, I have to get rid of two others. So at, at a certain point, it got a bit tricky to buy something new because I really had to decide to give away something which I which I really needed. So I downsized about ninety percent of the stuff that I owned, and after that, I realized for the first time what I own, and I realized ninety of ninety percent of what I still own I don't need. Mm. So I got rid of that as well, and then I lived basically out of a backpack for 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 years and even today so if you would look around me right now you would see a lot of stuff i mean just so a couple of power tools snowboard shoes skiing boots and then all that skiing equipment. Well, and I found out, well, it's a bit, I mean, if you're having a really active life, and if you're living in, not in Zanzibar, where you can have the same shorts every day, you need a bit of equipment. Mm. And I realized, do I own it to own it? Or do I own it because I use it? Mm. And I use it. And I have no problem. And sometimes I find it easier to own some things because all of a sudden I can take my own decisions, what I do with it. Mm. And um, so it's easier than renting because if you rent it, maybe you have to give it back exactly the same shape that, that, that you received it. And if you're re really using it, maybe it, it, it will break down for some. So for some things, it's easier to buy them. Mm. But I learned that I have no problem at all, more the opposite, that I enjoy sharing it mm. so that all that I own is somehow in use. Yeah. And what my, uh, my friend uh, uh, Tony t told me, um, well, right now, almost 10, 10 years ago, he, he showed me a Japanese um, coffee not coffee, a tea, matcha, matcha tea mug that he received from, um, the, well, the chief monk in, in the monastery that he used to live in. It was a Zen monastery in, uh, um, somewhere near, um, Tokyo. And this was several hundred years old and has been in that monastery forever. And he gave it to him as a, I think as a present when he was leaving. And he said, no, I cannot take this. This is too precious. What if I break it? And the monk told him, well, say goodbye to, ev to everything in your life the moment it enters your life. Because mm. one thing is for sure, you will lose it. Mm. Either because it goes away or you go away. Mm. And I thought this was very sad because I thought, well, what about all the love, the people I love? What about all these things that I enjoy using? Mm. If I say goodbye to this, it's like giving it up. Mm. And at one point I realized, no, it's increasing the value. Mm. 
because I will I will lose every loved person in my life. I will use I will lose every single piece of currency, whatever it is mm. <laughs> that I will ever have. I will lose I will lose I will lose my body. I will lose everything. There's no way around. Face it. Mm-hmm. And if I don't know, this is what you said, when I will lose it, because I might be gone tomorrow, I better enjoy it now. Mm-hmm. Yes. So be thankful, be humble, be grateful for every moment that you have with loved ones, for every moment that the sun is shining. So for now, I'm, well, it, it helped. It helped me a lot. Mm. The thing that I'm struggling about is what if the moment right now sucks? Then I, some people say, oh, Flo, don't worry. The sun is going to shine again tomorrow. I was like, yeah, but now. I want to <laughs> now. <laughs> because all of a sudden I, I, I want to enjoy everything now. So if I'm living in a moment which isn't perfect for me, then, well, this is, um, well, this is stressing me out a bit. But, uh, so I'm, I'm still working on it. Um, it's always, it's always continuous work. And this is yeah. what the nature of being human, as I say, is we have all of these different parts of ourselves that are being pulled towards different directions. In terms of that is that, you know, we want to be present. We want to enjoy our life. We want to actually love people. And at the same time, all of that is going to be gone. And there is this, level of attachment with mm-hmm. people and things and and you know for me one of the things that i realized many years after uh, one of the worst experiences of my life that it was when my grandfather died suddenly it was that i realized i didn't communicate to him as much as i wanted to how much i loved him even though I believed that he knew, I didn't actually say it. And I think that that was one of the biggest things and one of the biggest things with the majority of people that we don't use each moment as if it would be the last. And when we actually allow ourselves to realize, you know, I never know when this is going to be over. I'm here now with you, talking with you. And I'm present here with you. And I am grateful for you to be here. The same as with everyone in my life, whenever I'm able to be with them and talk to them. And I tell my parents that are here still alive. I tell them that I love them because I never know when is it going to, to end. And I, and it's for me, it's for them. And it's so that nothing gets, um, missed there in that in that relationship in that space because it will be gone without me knowing and if i still have that attachment because i wasn't able to complete each moment for what it was and be present there then i have something that i'm carrying over with me all of the time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when you are talking about conscious but consciousness or bringing something to the conscious the first moment that I that I saw that, I was not sure whether we are talking about the same thing or if it's uh, um, if we are on the same page with this because mm. I 
experienced that what is much more magical, mm. bigger, and when I'm honest, defining my life is not my conscious mind. Mm. It's my unconscious mind. Yeah. So when I do the coaching, I'm not interested at all in your conscious mind because mm. I think it's misleading you because it's 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 thinking like a like an Excel sheet. Mm. It's putting things together and and it, and it's adding them and it's missing so many other dimensions. Whereas if you are if sometimes there are these moments when you are humble, feeling good. For example, we have, uh, well, we, as, the, as I said before, we are living in the mountains. We have a, we have a hot tub outside so that you, you can fire it up with, uh, with some wood and you can sit there in the middle of the winter. So it's like freezing cold outside. Mm. You have the, the star spangled sky above you. You have these wide glowing mountains in the middle of the night and you have the mm. smell of the wood and you're sitting in the warm water. And very often when we have friends staying, well, if it's possible, there's a moment when they are so aware of mm. how small we are and how beautiful and how big the world and the universe. You can see falling stars every couple of minutes. Mm. And in, in moments like that, very often when they say something, it's so more, so much more meaningful because it's all of a sudden it's not the structured conscious mind, but they talk from their heart. Mm. Yes. And I think that when we, the people we talked about in, in the very beginning, the people who are mm. focusing on the success and focusing on the more and focusing on the business, very often they are losing their heart. And this is where all of our emotions are. And in the end, it's, it's all, it's all about emotion. Mm. And you said something about, uh, about the money beef before. Um, the, well, the money and the success that you can measure. Mm. What is it about having all that money? Mm. Um, what, what, for, what for if you, if you lose it anyway? Mm. You know, it's, I think that just before that, like going back to, to the word conscious and my understanding mm -hmm. of it. And this is one of the fascinating things about words. We might be saying the same word, but we mean something completely different. Yeah. So for me, actually, when I'm talking about conscious and conscious action, I'm talking about bringing awareness to my life. So it's actually what you're saying about the, the unconscious or, or the mm -hmm. heart. Yeah. That is what I mean about conscious because I, I believe that most people are living in automatic pilot and they are not conscious of, yeah. of what the mind is actually doing. And when they bring their awareness to the forefront, they actually connect with the heart, with the unconscious and the subconscious yeah. and what they really want to do in life. And, and in terms of the money, yes, it's like I, a lot of times, um, and going back to what you were saying about what's enough and what's not, money, it's, it's, a, it's a medium, it's a tool for things in, in life. Yet for a lot of people, it's just about having money. And I mean, everybody's free to do whatever they want to do, in my opinion. 
Oh, well, in my opinion, uh, not whatever. If they trying to kill me or so, oh, <laughs> I would say this. But, but it's still, I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't appreciate it, but they are free to do what they want. I think that everyone is free to do what they want. And, you know, there's, there is something that as we are conditioned in different ways, the more that we work as, as a society to become less and less conditioned and some of the systems that have been working for the last hundreds and thousands of years start to not work properly, I believe that we will start to get back to what is actually natural, not what is normal, what is natural. And what is natural is that everybody is a loving, caring, kind person. And when we get to that place, then we will all work more cohesively and, and, and integrate with each other in a much more loving way. Yeah. One thing that people told me about my, 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 my coaching or my coaching efforts is um, the fl flow, you're only addressing first world problems. Mm. You're not doing anything for the healing of the planet or the human race whatsoever because um, if you tell some rural villagers in East Africa about this oh the simplicity of happiness and if they just don't have enough money to eat it's nonsense what you're telling them and um, I was thinking about this they might be true but I'm What I'm, what I include in my coachings is mainly addressing people who are unhappy because basically they already have enough. No, because they already have too much. Mm. And they don't focus on what is essential in their life. They don't focus, they don't spend the time with the things that make them really happy and blissful, but with, with things where they think they need to. Mm. And so for them, reducing is very important. Yeah. Then I traveled a lot in, uh, like in, in, in Sahara in East Africa. And I found a lot of poor and happy people. So, okay, well, money is not making you happy. And at one point I realized, well, poverty doesn't make you happy either. Mm. It's the mindset of what is enough. Mm. And I found a lot of poor people who were absolutely unhappy because they kept comparing themselves with, well, the rich, the rich West, for example. They were basically living in paradise. Mm. They have friends. They have community. They have enough food. They have jobs not from nine to, from uh, from nine to five mm. um but they're living a very fluent life mm. and they think they need more well iphones computers cars clothes whatsoever and they well they 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 keep themselves in a, in, in a misery mindset mm. So I realized, no, it, it is basically absolutely not about the happiness. Uh, it's about the money that creates the happiness. And, and it's not the lack, what you give purpose in your life. Yeah. 
And it's difficult to explain to somebody who owns very little, not by choice, but because they were born poor and they have no education, no way out. So if I come then, I basically have much more money than they will ever make in their whole entire life. And then I tell them, well, it's the simplicity of happiness. Mm -hmm. They might not take that um, that take that serious because it's it's in like a it's like a top down. Mm -hmm. I am telling them from here because I can afford all of that. I can just board the next plane ticket and I have that German passport where I can travel the whole world. And then I tell them to be happy with as little as they have. Yeah, so that may be a little bit arrogant, which is why I don't, uh, which is why I don't do that. But if I compare two poor people, I mean, poor money-wise, mm -hmm. regarded from the West, and one is happy and one is unhappy, it's only their mindset that puts them apart. Mm. And one person says, "Why would I need an iPhone?" Talking about but just expensive for well, I have my friends living in the same village. Mm. So they are humble. And the other one, it doesn't matter how much money you would give them. They would always compare themselves to somebody who owns something they don't. Mm -hmm. And at one point you reach a, a, um, well, a point in life where it's, where not money is the limiting factor, but time. Mm -hmm. Because if you have, all the money in the world, still you cannot own everything at the same time and you cannot do everything at the same time and you cannot live everywhere at the same time, which is, once again, very often a first world problem. <laughs> They're saying, well, say no to everything that you don't like to be able to say truly yes mm. to what you really want. And what you really want might not be the money. It might be what you buy with the money. And once you figure that out, maybe you're looking for a straight way there. Mm -hmm. If all that you want is to, 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 to live somewhere at a lake and go fishing as much as possible. And you think you may need to make enough money so that you mm -hmm. can afford the house and, and, and everything that goes with it. And if it's, if it's not the luxury or the big house that makes you happy, but that living at the lake and going fishing as much as possible, how, well, how would it be if you're looking for a direct way, moving into a, a tiny house mm. at a beautiful lake, you're doing some jobs online. Maybe you're just creating a course about fly fishing. Mm. So you do the fishing thing, but, you have to be happy or if you, if you learn to be happy with less money, mm. but therefore you gain what you wanted to buy with the money anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's bypassing the, the middle, the middle step a lot of times. And it's because as yeah. you say, most people, we don't know really clear what is it that we want? How do we want to live? So then it's harder for us to get there. And we, we think, instead of thinking creatively and laterally, we think on that one path is, I need that money to get to that place. And therefore, a lot yeah. of times, then by the time that some people get to have that much money that they are wanting for that, they won't have the time or they are going to want more or whatever. But 
um, it has so much there to unpack and, and flow. I'm I'm aware of time because we, because we you need see, to get going. <laughs> you see, the sun is the, the sun is coming up. Yeah. Well, we are recording that podcast from Switzerland to New Zealand, so we are like on the opposite side of the world. And for yeah. me, the sun is coming up. For me, Brian's sun is coming down. Yes. Is there one thing that for for our listeners, or well, let's put it this way: um, after the podcast, you tell me one thing that you want to go want me to go a bit deeper on, mm -hmm. and then I'll put it on my website: Simplicity of Happiness dot com slash conscious action and i will put it's a secret link so nobody else can get it and so our listeners can click on there and i record a, a little video going deeper on well my personal view on how to achieve something yeah. is that fine for you yes perfect and i will put cool. as well uh on the link on the link of that on the comments here so yeah everybody has nice. easy access Thank you so much, Flo, for taking the time and for sharing some of your life journey and some of your understanding. Love this conversation and looking forward to more conversations. Yes, yes. I hope there was something um, well meaningful for for our listeners. And um, well, if there's any questions, just uh, just contact me. There's a contact form on the on the website. And and you, Brian, there's something I can do for you. Let me know. It it was a a pleasure and an honor to be here. Thank you, Flo, and thank you, everyone that has been listening. If you learned something interesting, make a comment or ask a question. And as Flo said, go and check out that link for a little video just for only you listening to this. So thank you, and until next time, bye. What did you like the most about this episode? Take a moment to think about what change you can make in your life today. Share your conscious action on social media using hashtag conscious action and tagging at conscious action and said so we can celebrate your impact on the world and create a ripple effect. One easy action we would love for you to take right now is to share, like and subscribe to this podcast. This will help us get these messages out into the world and inspire more people to take conscious action in their own lives, contributing to the better world we hope for.